Hello there, and welcome to another episode of When Records Ruled, the podcast where we share a love of rock music and pop culture from the 70s and 80s, and take a few B-side tracks down memory lane along the way. So get out those liner notes and bite down carefully on that freshen up gum with the gooey center. Ooh. Because it's time to hit the play button. I'm your host, David Norris, and joining me on this flashback musical road trip are my good friends Brian Strom and Lance Schwartz. Did you ever try the gum that goes squirt? I do remember this. I, re I remember it being green. I don't yeah. remember what it was called. Freshen up. Freshen up. Yeah. Do they make it oh, still? Oh, so you said that, freshen up. I don't know if they make it still. That's a great question. They probably do. Mm -hmm. You probably find it at the big yellow barn, the world's largest mm -hmm. candy store. Yeah. I think the inside of it looked like, remember that Prell shampoo? Yes. <laughs> That's what the inside of it looked like. Well, okay, we won't be having any of the freshen up anymore. <laughs> well, you freshen up and you clean your mouth at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a big chew of gum. It was. I do remember that. Yep. I don't remember having it very often, and maybe it was kind of more expensive because of the whole novelty thing, but anyway. A little burst of flavor. Prell was in tiny tubes too, wasn't it? Yeah. Compared well, to the way you buy shampoo yeah. these days. It was like a toothpaste yeah. looking thing. I remember it. Slight tangent on shampoo. Did you ever try the one called Squeak? No. Nope. Add some kind wow. of chemical in there to make your hair squeak, like squeaky clean. <laughs> but it was way overdone. And he, oh, it was a gimmicky thing, yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right. For today's episode, we will be discussing the album Sports Woo! by Huey Lewis in the News. We'll hear what was happening around the time of the album's release, wrap it up with a personal rating of the album, and then we'll end the show with our Remember When segment. So, to get us started, Lance is going to give us some details about the album. Lance, sir. I'm going to tell you about sports. Yes. Tell us all I'm this. I'm a sportscaster tonight. <laughs> Ooh. Bob Euchre? <laughs> I like Bob Euchre, yeah. No, sports is the third album by Huey Lewis in the News. It was released in September 1983 on Chrysalis Records in the U.S. 40-year anniversary hey, this week. Right. Wow. Isn't that crazy? We planned that totally. We did. <laughs> yes. Yep. Remember talking about that. <laughs> uh, sports reached number one on the Billboard 200 on June 30th, 84. So almost a year later, not quite, would be about nine months or yeah. something like that. And ultimately charted, forget this, 160 weeks. So oh, wow. We're talking blockbuster. Yeah. Sports was ranked number two on the Billboard year end album chart for 84. It spanned four top 10 hits Heart and Soul. Sticking with that theme, the heart of rock and roll. Uh, They're big on hearts. Yeah. Uh, you know what? What are the other two, guys? I don't have it written I down here. want a here. new drug. want a new drug. If this is it. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Sports also did very well internationally, where most of its singles charted in the top 40 in multiple countries and has been certified seven times platinum, but I think I read it actually sold about 10 million mm -hmm. really. units. Probably big, worldwide. Worldwide. Sure, oh, okay. Yeah. Big number. That is huge. The album itself um, itself was self-produced by the band. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. uh, their manager, whose name was Bob Brown, told the guys that he felt the band's demos were better than the producers they'd been considering. <laughs> wow. That's so, pretty high praise. Yeah. So uh, I guess they didn't spend a ton of money on a producer for this album and probably... Walked away with a little more cash in their pocket. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. And and considering their first two albums didn't do that well right. for them that's a to gamble. say, 
hey, yeah, you guys do it yourself. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty that, crazy. That's a good point, yeah. Because I think I read their first album, they said they lost money on second one, they maybe broke even Yeah, is what a, a quote that I'd seen. I think at the time their second album uh, sold like 250000 so, you know, not wow. even gold, so nothing yeah. wow. big at all. I do like that album, though. It's really good, Working for a Living. And do You Believe in Love? Is yeah. that in there? I like that tune. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorites of theirs. Um, I'm looking here at some other notes. It says, the title of the album was a play on the band's name. Cover features a photo of the band at a place called the 2AM Club. You ever been there, Brian? I have not. No. It was located in Mill Valley, California where the band had performed during its early days. The bar was chosen for the shoot um, because the band reasoned that most people watched televised sporting events in bars. Mm-hmm. So, Accurate. sure, makes sense. Yeah. Still do. I think that's all I've got, guys. Is that enough? That's right. Give us one more thing. One more thing. Um, <laughs> Just putting him on the spot. One more thing. Yeah. One I, more thing. No, I said that's all I got, guys. <laughs> All right. I'm looking. I'm looking. Well, I, okay. <laughs> oh, here we go. All right. Ah, this is corny stuff. Never mind. <laughs> all right. That's it. We don't That's need all any, we got. We don't so, need any corny stuff on this podcast. So there is no one more we thing. We don't need Wait. no stinking more stuff. You're no Steve Jobs. Wait a minute. This is all corny stuff. <laughs> That's right. Can't believe people pay to listen to this. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they don't pay to listen to this. <laughs> all right. To give us an even better frame of reference, Brian is here to enlighten us with some information and fun facts on what was happening around the time the album was released. Which was September 15th, 1983. Some of the top bands of the time were The Police, The Human League, Talking Heads, David Bowie, and Spandau Ballet. Very new wavy. Spandau Ballet. There's some true. Yes. And Gold. Those are their two big ones. True's on 16 Candles, I think. Probably. I know this much is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe that's on 16 Candle soundtrack. Anyway, sorry. Good Go stuff ahead. there. Um, top songs of this week. Uh, number three, The Safety Dance. Yes. Men, men, men Without Hats. That's correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Number two, Tell Her About It. I know. Who is that? Billy Joel. There you yes. go. Okay. Nice. Had to sing it in my head a little bit. Yeah. And if, and if you get who this number one song was, uh, I'd be really impressed. Ooh. Do we but get the, a prize? The way you guys had a tough time with uh, Tell Her About It, I don't think you get this one. <laughs> Maniac. Michael Sembel. Oh, man. You got wow. that quicker than Billy Joel? That is really is embarrassing. Is that from the Flash Dance? That is. Flash, flash Dance. Yeah. 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 I'm oh, full song. of useless trivia. Wow. wow. Why would you? Can you? Is there another song by him? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> you're pretty good. But I think I had the Flashdance album. Oh, okay. Did I say Flashback or Flashdance? Flashdance. It was a Flashback. I, know what you I said. meant Flashdance if I said Flashback. Yeah. I can't remember what I said. I can't remember what else was on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. She works hard for the money. Was that on there? It seems like it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never saw the movie. Did you guys ever see the either. movie? No, I, I did. Yes. did. Yeah. All right. Top shows of the time. Uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Yeah, it was a decent show. Webster. Webster is good. Dallas. Mm-hmm. Cagney and Lacey. Cops. And V. Oh, the Ooh, miniseries. The miniseries. That I knew, I knew was, you would spark yes, that, Dave. Yes, sci-fi. Yeah. I don't think I watched 
much of I didn't either. I remember lots of uh, kids in grade school watching that, and I never. There was. It was like the big talk around the drinking fountain in the classroom. (laughs) (laughs) Drinking the backwatering fountain, the back sink in the classroom. Was it a network show or was it? It was a mini NBC miniseries. Yeah. And I don't remember how many weeks it was going on, but it yeah, was a long I want to say time. eight weeks or something. But yeah. I mean it was it was pretty cool for the time. There's some, you know, questionable effects and things like that. But well, it's a TV miniseries. Yeah. But there was an episode where like this alien baby was born and it that freaked me out when I was young. <laughs> I was like, Nope. I'm gonna stop watching it for a while now. But they they actually rebooted that again not too long ago. I can't yeah. remember how many years ago, but I never I didn't watch that one. We say not too long ago. It was probably 15 years ago. <laughs> it's probably, yeah. Or five or 10. I don't know. It all melds together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Top movies of the time. Return of the Jedi. Awesome. War Games. Oh, yeah. Another awesome one. Risky Business. Yeah. Yep. And The Outsiders. Oh, these are great movies. You know, yeah. I still have not seen The Outsiders. Oh, really? And that's just like all-star cast. And it, yeah, I got to find somewhere. I to watched watch that, that with my daughter, Erin, I don't know, four or five years ago. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it since, you know, it had come out and uh, it was interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of slow, kind of all out there, kind of left you uneasy at the end. I don't know. It was, it was interesting. Movies are supposed to make you uneasy yeah, at the end. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, are, accomplished. That, are, that are super happy. Yeah. <laughs> There's no in between really. All right. Top toys. The first Nintendo console was released at this time. Sure. Went and bought so, it. Well, maybe not. Because okay. you're, you're probably thinking of one that came out a little later. This was the first one. Probably available just in Japan or something. Oh, I see your time. Okay. Yep. But uh, didn't quite make it out here. But uh, in a year or two, it would be kind of the bigness, biggest thing out there. Yeah. Cabbage Patch Kids. The Casio Mini Keyboard. Oh, yeah. I remember, remember seeing those. those. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, Star Wars figures. For sure. That's probably going to be on the list for a little while. You know, from 77 to probably 85. It's probably on there. Yeah, (laughs) or longer. All right, guys, I think the time has come to play some sports by Huey Lewis in the news. Let's Let's do do it, it, man. Could we briefly talk about the album cover for a minute again and revisit yeah, that? I know Lance on. talked about that just for a little bit, but um, you said it was set up at the 2 a.m. club. Yes. It's locally known as the Deuce, that place in Mill Valley in San Francisco. I was going to ask Barney if you'd ever been there too, because I thought, nuts. hey, man, that might be a cool place to like, hey, if you knew that was shot there and you're local, you might want to yeah. go visit that, but you were pretty, pretty no. young probably. I was 13. Yeah. Where is Mill Valley? Um, it's on the other side of the bay for me. So, yeah. It's like long north. Boat, long boat ride, huh? The long boat ride. Northwest, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, it's a really cool stylized look for that. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of details. I saw a little um, snippet of a video where they were talking about some of the things in there. So there's a toilet seat guitar hanging above the bar mm-hmm. by Charlie Deal. He's a local Mill Valley legend, I guess. Oh, yeah, Charlie. Yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody knows Charlie. But they purposely like put something on the TV that they wanted, though, too. It's a Dwight Clark oh, picture yeah. on there. 49ers. Yep, San Francisco 49ers. Yep. He's a pal of Huey Lewis. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah. Like making making friends with superstars. Uh, hip to be square 
on the next album. Yeah. They, they're singing, they got the 49ers singing background in that stuff. Oh, did they really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they're big, big sports fans. Yes. I did find some outtakes from the cover shoot too. So I'll post those on our social oh, media cool. if you want to go take a look at those after you listen to the album or maybe prior to episode, I mean, or prior to listening to that or go listen to the album too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other comments about uh, cover art? I have another question for you before we get into talking tracks here. I want to say that off the top oh, of my head, I'm trying now. to think of their other albums. I think this is the only one that features the whole band in the shot. Oh, no, I hmm. suppose the, the first one. First did. one, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then uh, it seems like once after Huey. that, it would just be Huey's face. But yeah. yeah, big, big picture, Huey. Yeah. Big. He downplayed the news. You know, it's yeah. kind of kind of funny looking at the album cover and talking about how people watch sports in the bar, but there's this 19-inch color on a little shelf yeah. back in the corner. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what they right. had. Yeah. I mean, probably a lot of them, but yeah, it's so different from today. Oh, right. Man. There's giant screens yeah. all around you. Yeah. And in our own houses. Yep. I mean, yeah. That's right. I'm trying to see, does this one even have rabbit ears? <laughs> probably a cable yeah. a cable back there right right all right because i think we have a lot more to talk about with the songs um i think more bandful info will come out when we do mm -hmm. um one real simple question about the band for you all right okay huey, huey lewis in the news has been labeled as blue-eyed soul new wave power pop and roots rock so which of those categories best fit this album you think yes mm. <laughs> i mean totally it, i think this album especially there's no identity there's no genre you could tell they wanted some hit songs yeah we'll get into that yeah and it was it's all across the board what's on here and i can talk about that when we go through the list but i i don't think there's a easily identifiable genre I would, uh, I would label this. I'll give it my own label. Okay, friendly rock and roll. Yeah, it is. I agree. I mean, it's it's made for radio rock and roll. It's kind of a like a modern fifties sound. Some of it, yep. Not like the Stray Cats, who were really retro. Yeah, their, they were their sound. But this is kind of you know with the doo wop and the background vocals and the music. It's just kind of updated fifties. I accept that Some answer. It, yeah, I agree. <laughs> except what? I accept that answer. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I listened to some of the previous albums while I was mowing the lawn the other day. Mm -hmm. And some of it sounds the same. But his second album, for me, almost borders on Yacht Rock. It's really mellow. Yeah. Except working for a living. Ex yeah. And Power Love, or not Power Love, um... Do you believe in love? Yeah. Power love came yeah. later, but there's some really mellow, like I could picture Michael McDonald from the Dewey brothers <laughs> sure. or Christopher Cross singing some of this stuff too. So it's, I, I agree. Friendly rock and roll. Yeah. I remember working for a living. Uh, my uncle was in a band called the fingertips and I went to a rehearsal. I'm like 12 years old and they're in this garage and the band was playing this song and it was so loud and I'm sitting on this dirty old couch in the corner. It's all black in the room, <laughs> you know, 
and it was so awesome. <laughs> I was so pumped up. And it had the harmonica solo and everything in it. And immediately after this, I went out and bought the single. Oh, really? Working for a living. And that's when I got hooked on Huey Lewis. So it was Fingertips cover. It was a Fingertips cover. Yep. That really got you interested. Yep. There's not much else impactful like that when you're really close to live music. Yeah. Yeah. And just feeling the music. Yeah. Like I was that? just I was just blown away. Awesome. You had mentioned the name sports too and where they got that. I had another quote here too from Huey Lewis talking about that. And maybe you were gonna get into it later. Um, he said it was very much a record of its time and a, rel- rel- a collection of singles. So mm-hmm. it reminds me that For it was a very sure. radio driven market at the time. Yeah. So there was no jam band scene and no internet. So the only right. avenue to success was a hit record and we produced it ourselves. This is who really was talking if I didn't say that already. We were an unknown band that wanted to do it on our own terms, which we did, but we unabashedly aimed five of those tracks at radio. We didn't know we were going to have five hits and that's what we had. It holds together less as an album, unlike our subsequent records, which hold together as albums, but as a collection of singles, it did the trick. And now you know why it's called sports because it had a lot of hits. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of uh, like that one. I, I kind of see that now at the time. I wouldn't have thought of the album that way. No, I didn't until it was pointed out and you're like, well, yeah, yeah it is kind of discombobulated a little bit like that. But you know, they had all those hits. Let's say they only had two hits. Would you still think of it in the same way? Or do you think of it as hits because it had so many hits or so many singles? We might not even be talking about it if they only had two hits. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because they, what, second album had two minor hits. Mm-hmm. I think it came, you know, really at the right time. Maybe. Oh, with MTV and their their videos were awesome. Yep. Um, yeah. One in particular, I'll... It's pretty much set me on the course of like, oh, paying attention to Huey Lewis, mm-hmm. for sure. There was not much else like it at the time. I no. mean, his voice is very unique, although some of these songs could be sung by other top 40 artists and mm-hmm. sound pretty good, too. Yep. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the first two albums were uh, produced by Matt or Mutt Lang. What? Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When... Huey Lewis was in the band Clover. Clover, yeah. They were produced by Mutt Lang, those two albums. His band Clover. Yes. Really? And they did zip. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. they did horrible. I mean, did, did I read even they, they went to England and they were going to be the next yeah, big thing in yeah, England? And right. I, I think I read somewhere that was about when the Sex Pistols came yeah. out and it was just like, no, punk is it. Oh, your old fashioned stuff's not going to cut. And the it. funny thing was, you know, they couldn't pin down what their sound was because it was kind of all over the place. And if that's kind of what they did on sports, where they were doing all sorts of different things, he, he stuck with that for some reason. Wow. I wonder if there's more harmonica and some of the. Well, he was stuff. he was basically the harmonica player. Right. He did some singing, but he was yeah. the harmonica player. Yeah. Did I read too that they were the for a bit, the backing band for Elvis Costello in the, the studio. Yeah, for this first album. That was yeah. everybody but Huey though, right? I think so. I yeah. Think not including Huey. Yeah. Because there was no harmonica. harmonica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And All I, right. And I think I read that the guys in the band said, guys, this guy, too many guys. <laughs> There's <laughs> lots guys of guys. Things. 
but he's this Elvis this, guy. This Elvis guy is it. His lyrics are unbelievable. He's going to be big. Mm. Yeah. And guess what? He was big. Not in my mind, but yeah. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan either. I, so yeah. we won't be reviewing any Elvis Costello albums <laughs> is what we're saying, I think. Ready to talk some tracks? Let's talk. Let's get into Let's it. Let's talk tracks. Okay, I'm going to go through the tracks here, and then we'll circle back to talk about them individually, all right? Good idea. <laughs> Thanks. All right, side one, the heart of rock and roll, heart and soul, bad is bad, I want a new drug, side two, walking on a thin line, finally found a home, if this is it, you crack me up, and honky-tonk blues. Circling back, here we go, the heart of rock and roll. They play with such soul. Yeah. All their, I mean, they're just soulful songs. Mm-hmm. This, I had, I had a misheard lyric on this, and maybe you Ooh. guys did too. New York, New York, isn't everything they say. And no place that I'd rather be. Well, the lyric that I saw said, New York, New York, is everything they say. That's what I thought it was too. <clears throat> but I think either one works, right? Yeah. <laughs> So that's why I thought, oh, it sure. must be isn't everything they say. It's just the way he delivers it. I always thought yeah. it was isn't everything they say. Yeah. Good uh, good opener. That yep. kind of slow build with the heartbeat going. Um, Which they developed. Yeah. It took them a while to develop that sound, I think. Well, yeah, and they started using some drum machines and stuff. Yeah. And so that was, um, the drummer probably was never a big fan of that. But <laughs> I think they, they did a lot of drum machine and real drums at the same time. So it kind of gave it that a mod, more modern sound what they were, which they were kind of looking for. And they pieced a lot of these together, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Unlike our last album. Yeah. This is all kind of piecemeal together. In that, in that buildup, when then when you hear that clap, that was a real clap. Oh, was it really? Yeah, they just put an echo on it. <laughs> that was so, it, it, it sounds It totally huge. sounds like, uh, you know, like an effect, yeah. an effect clap. But it was a real class. Super effects. Yeah. Back to the heartbeat for a second. I thought, didn't they have the technology to like just, you know, listen to someone's heart with a stethoscope and record mm. that somehow? Yeah. Like, well, probably not back then, or maybe it was just too expensive, or they thought, well, we could just recreate that in the studio. Yeah. You know, it's got the wrong beat, so maybe like run a lap oh. real quick and then come back and get <laughs> so we can get the right timing right. on this. And it's okay. kind of hard. Yeah, it's being too fast now. You gotta <laughs> calm down. Slow the song down. Deep breaths. You didn't want any arrhythmia because, you know, then the drummer would be off. Right. So, yeah. No, I, I really like this song. This is not my favorite song on the album. Um, I, I kind of thought the heartbeat was a little cheesy. Mm. Um, it's fine. You know, it fits the title, all of that. But uh, the city call outs and stuff, I just thought they're kind of playing to an audience with that. Well, of course they were. They were yeah. out to it's write like, hit you singles. Know, I heard my. Town mentions. They, I love this. They also, when they sent the singles out to the radio stations, uh, Huey actually like incorporated cities in that area yeah. into it. Oh, really? So They're, the radio stations in those areas would have different versions where they had mentioned the towns there at the end. Well, those are collectors at him now. Yeah. If you could that find would be those. cool. There was another, I can't, can't remember who the artist was, but there was a song called This Is My Town or something mm. like that. 
have to try to figure out who that was, but they did the same thing, you know, regionally. They'd put cities' names I, in. And I think the Starship did that, too, with We Built the City. They? they threw yeah. some different uh, oh, really? names in there for different areas, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of a smart marketing move. Hugh, it's totally marketing, Or yeah. to re-record all those. Huey said that uh, as he... He was doing all these extra cities and they said, okay, now we're going to head up to Canada. And he's like, nope, I'm not, I'm not going to do Canada cities. <laughs> Winnipeg. Yeah. Nah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Not like Cleveland. Saskatchewan. <laughs> no. You know, um, the heart of rock and roll, I think was Cleveland. I know it's mentioned, right. But that was supposed to be about what, Cleveland. Original yeah, exactly. Title. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And little Trivia fact, Cleveland is where DJ Alan Freed was from, who coined the term rock and roll. Oh, oh wow. Yep. He was, I don't remember who the artist he was spinning one night, but he said, that's some real rock and roll. Okay. And it stuck. And he's in, Alan Freed is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Which is the, in? Cleveland, of course. Yeah, yep. So it is. It so, really is the heart of rock and yeah. roll. And I think it was because they played a show there. And uh, had a really great audience, and you know, they were like Cleveland. What do we go to Cleveland for? Why can't yeah. we, you know, play in L.A., San Francisco? And they had such a great time. Uh, it inspired the song, so mm-hmm. it's it's cool. But I still think the heartbeat's kind of cheesy. I read that Huey wanted to include the heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland. Yeah, as yeah. part of the lyrics, and they convinced them to just change that to still beating. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Cleveland wasn't every chorus every chorus right we'll just mention them later yeah mm-hmm. yeah but great sax solo in this one and yeah. great harmonica solo at the end so good good variety of stuff in that one i have a couple of comments from um uh critics who were a little negative on this one actually okay. so kind of kind of like me where they say it was cheesy yeah um i don't know uh, from Christopher Conley, a Rolling Stone said, a fancy pants sax solo and some moronic lyrics sabotage the spirited heart of rock and roll. It's still kicking, says Huey, which should have ended a minute and a half earlier. <laughs> Boy, what a no fun guy. I know. What a downer. I, I kind of agree about the lyrics. I, that's, you know, there's nothing really like outstanding lyrically, but that's not what Huey Lewis is about either. No. He's he's just about having fun. It's a good good time bar band. And this song was third or fourth single release, so it wasn't third. Third, third. I okay. noted them so all. So it wasn't so. on the top. Yep. Of that one. It's interesting. I think all of them charted about the same. You know, like between four and six or something like that. Yeah. Nothing ever broke through to number top one. ten. And that's a big back then. Oh yeah. yeah, really big. B side on that single was working for a living live. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. from the previous album picture, this correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more negative in uh, April 2009, actually, Blender magazine listed it sixth on its list of 50 worst songs ever. Wow, like that's pretty harsh. That is harsh to quote Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse opinions vary. <laughs> Lance is over there going, Yep, that might be one of the top six. <laughs> worst songs yeah, ever. I I, no, I wouldn't go that far, definitely not. It's catchy. It's a good It's catchy. Song. It's top 40. Yeah, exactly. That's what you need for top and 40. That's what they were going for, right? Yep. And a lot of these singles, like you mentioned, that was a song from the previous album. You know, I On think, the B-side? Yeah. yeah. I, I think they were still trying to promote their earlier stuff because they weren't big. 
and they're thinking, okay, let's uh, let's get people familiar with some of the older stuff. Yeah, I'm guessing which wasn't that old. Older like albums, too old, but yeah, older albums probably did sell after this right. came out yep. for sure. Yep. Ready to move on? Go. Heart and Soul. Mm-hmm. This was the first single. I, I like this song. I'm yeah. not going to say anything cheesy about this one. Um, it's they, got they didn't cool. Write, they didn't write this, by the way. No. Yeah. Uh, explain that. Mike Chapman and Nick Nicky Chin. It was, it was first recorded by Exile in 1981 as the Exile? title track to their album Heart and Soul. It was also recorded by the Bus Boys for their 82 album American Worker. The Bus Boys were cool, but Exile, really? Yeah, I listened to both of them. Eh, this is the, the best version. I listened to the, the, the Bus Boys, yeah. and it was the singer was very articulate on each word that he said when he was singing it. Yeah. And it sounded bad. I just... Hmm. It like took away from it. Yeah. Well, especially after you're used to this version, probably yeah. is the dominant version. Was right. this, this heavier than both of those other two, I would say? Um, I don't know about heavier, but just fuller. I mean, yeah, the Bus Boys was very, I don't know, kind of an empty version. It was the thin. It was thin, yeah. I kind of like the, is it power chords in the chorus? The guitars sound pretty cool, yeah. I think. Heavy but, that way, yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, maybe could have kicked off the album with that one too, to be honest. Probably could have. There's probably a number of them on here. You well, it was the first the single, so they thought it was probably the better one to lead off their single campaign. I think, yeah. Obviously, they had the most hope for that song. Yeah. So they're thinking, let's throw it out first and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Let's move on to Bad is Bad. This song was written uh, when... Huey was in the band Clover before this. So drum machine on this one. Written in the late 70s. Yeah. yeah. He was working with Thin Lizzy. Yeah. I, I read was, that he, uh, the front man, Phil Lennett, liked the song so much that he would sing a fast-paced version at some of his concerts. I'd like to hear that. And I think that's when Huey was just playing harmonica mm-hmm. with them, right? That Very, must have been when they were Engl- in England, huh? Maybe. Yeah. Very very bluesy song, the harmonica and the doo-wop. I mean, this yep. is where you're getting that fifties literal doo-wop in it. Yeah, Background I, vocals are good. I, yep. I wrote two very bluesy. Two. I'm not, not sure he's a super great blues artist, but I, of all the, it, this is probably not my favorite song in the album. I like your neither, least favorite. Neither, second least favorite. Oh, Okay. It's too slow for me. I think Huey is a up tempo kind of feel good band and there's not anything particularly. They actually made a video about. for this song, but they, they did, did but they did yeah. not release it as a single. Yeah. Did it ever surface later? I remember hearing it on the radio. Um, but yeah. I watched the video recently. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, that that video <laughs> yeah. is not great. It's almost a throwaway video. Yeah. 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 I like the song though. I like the song too. I really like this cuz I like 50s do up. And maybe that's the appeal for me mm-hmm. that it kind of has all of that going on for it. And on, it, go ahead. Go ahead. as you say, what about the title bad is bad? Do you guys know what that means? Bad it's is like, really it's bad. Good. It's like, it's, you're really, really good. Oh, like really? bad, like Michael yeah. Jackson bad. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's Cause talking remember, about, his, I mean, his, back in, you know, the early eighties, oh, like, so oh, that's so bad, yeah. but that meant good. Oh yeah. yeah. Bad meant good. Yeah. So he's saying sometimes bad is, isn't good. It really is bad. Because he talks about makes his sense. cousin cousin playing guitar. 
chainsaw buzzing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hey, uncle, your son is bad. But I remember around that time saying, oh, that's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. It was cool. I'm sure I used <laughs> that lingo for a while. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Moving on to uh, track number four. Last one on the first side. I want a new drug. Me too. Yes. Big sing-along song, I totally. think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. This was the second single. B-side was finally, find a, finally found a home. Another good song, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So is this about drugs? Well, you know, this was the first single I bought. I remember I was with my mom. We were at some store and we were leaving. And I said, hey, can we stop at the record store on the way out? I want to pick up a single. <laughs> so I ran in there and this is the one I picked up. And I come out with it and she's like, oh, so what did you get? I'm like, oh, it's a Huey Lewis in the news song. Oh, what's it called? I want a new drug. <laughs> <laughs> but no, mom, it's, it's, it's. It's about love. It's not about drugs. It's about, it's, you know, it's good. And she kind of looked at me funny and that was it. Okay. Did she make you, make you play it for her when you got home? Uh, no, no, she didn't. Okay. Oh. But Trusting I totally mom. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So you felt kind of busted, but also like, you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. Not what I, I thought says. I could get away with just saying who it was by without calling the <laughs> you title. Do, and you remember that. Mom, yeah. They have short haircuts. They're fine. Yeah, that's right. Hey, well, this guy's got a bow tie, in, or not a bow tie, but a skinny tie. Skinny he's right. a good guy. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, for those who don't know, it's not about drugs. It's not. It's purposely left open-ended, which was Huey Lewis's intent. So it could the be record a, company was worried about it. Oh, were they? Yeah, because they I thought see cause it looked like a drug song, and yeah. they wanted to it to be called, I want a new drug, in parentheses, called love. Oh, really? So that would you know set it apart from... Drugs. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's not really about drugs. Yeah, it's, it's about okay. love. <laughs> so I read that he was on his way to his lawyer's office and had the, oh, the two idea going in his head, ran in the door and said, give me a pen and paper yeah. and literally wrote the lyrics in five minutes. He said, wow, mm -hmm. sometimes, sometimes that happens. Yep. Sometimes bad is bad. And this and this song's got a ton of guitar in it. I didn't realize how much guitar was in the song, but there's some killer solos in this one and yeah. throughout it lots of little ear candy in there with the guitars. There are good guitars on this album. Yeah, you a just, lot of it. You gotta which, listen for it. it the, yeah, you know, I never really thought of it that way, but now as I've been listening to it more and trying to really listen deep. Tons of guitar, it, which I didn't realize. I think you overlook it because these songs are such sing-along songs right. that you're just singing right along, humming along, and the music is, or the musicianship becomes ancillary at times because you're it's having a good time singing. Kind of like when we did the NXS album, you know, where yeah. the music is kind of, you don't know any of the the musicians, other right. than Michael Hutchins. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. the music just flows so well and it's put together so well, but no one's like a big standout like personality right. in the band. Yep. I feel the same way about these guys. Mm -hmm. They do their job well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. But, I mean, Solid could band. you name anybody besides Huey Lewis before you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> you yeah. looked all the information up? Chris Hayes, that's when I remember, though. Yeah, he's the co-writer on this song. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about <clears throat> the lawsuit regarding this song? Yeah, in, enlighten me a little more. I just sort of so I ain't afraid it. of no ghost. That's right. 
So when the theme song of the 1984 film Ghostbusters was released, Huey Lewis sued Ray Parker Jr. and Columbia Pictures for copyright infringement, claiming that Parker had stolen the melody from I Want a New Drug. So the three parties settled out of court. Details of the settlement, specifically the Columbia paid Lewis a settlement, were confidential in 2001 when Lewis commented on the payment in an episode of VH1's Behind the Music. Parker subsequently sued Lewis for breaching confidentiality. So the story is that they, when they were making Ghostbusters, they wanted Huey Lewis to perform a song Mm -hmm. in a certain part of the movie, or maybe just for the movie. And they had put this song in as a placeholder. And when Huey Lewis, I think they were going to be going on a tour or something conflicted with that. So they just weren't able to do it. But they kept this in as a placeholder and they gave it Uh. to Ray Parker Jr., who used make it sound like this? Yeah, I this guess is kind of the sound we're looking a little for. Bit, yeah, he borrowed a little <laughs> bit too much. Apparently, there, yeah. there's a like a bridge or a little riff. I'm I can hear it in my head that does sound pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And I again didn't look it up ahead ahead yeah. of time, but if you played the two back to back, you will definitely hear a similar yeah. yeah melody. It's the part with the horns, I think. Yeah, I, I know what I'm you, talking about. I just want you to sing more. Yeah, keep nope, going. Nope, keep we're going. done. <laughs> that's, that's my singing career right there. And Weird Al had a had a parody of this song. Oh, what was it? I want a new duck. 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 Quack. <laughs> I want a new duck. That was not one of Weird Al's hits. Yeah, no. No. All right, let's flip it over to side two and walking on a thin line. I'm glad you flipped it over because I like this song yeah in fact i like the first two tracks they're yeah. my, my favorite but um they're heavy they're more rock and roll mm-hmm. um lyrically a little better too i think there's there's a it's a little more me- serious on yeah, this one there's a message Very. in there um i i like the guitars i like like a lot about it um influences how i feel about the album quite a bit these the two, song these two tracks yeah oh, okay. this, this one for sure and second track um good stuff i, I remember cranking this side too yeah i think i was i was a senior in high school but it was popular all the way through wow i think we were still in grade school you right? were oh, yeah because you know i'm a little bit older than you guys <laughs> yep surprised that we listened to the same music at the time yeah, really. <laughs> top 40. Yeah, right. We came out of the womb just listening to Top 40, yeah. Casey Kasem. I think this album needed this track, though. And Why is I that? keep saying, because in my mind, it made Huey Lewis in the News a little more of a credible rock act. There weren't just Top 40. Now, this might have been released. Was it, it was a, the fifth single? Fifth single. B side is the only one from a previous album. Didn't chart real high, though. Um, or did it? I want to say in the twenties, maybe. Okay, so it did chart, I believe. Yeah, not bad. But anyway, yeah, he he Huey did not write this song. Yeah, right. So it was written by I think a couple of the Clover members. Mm-hmm. So Andre Passis and Kevin Wells. Yes, yes, that's who you were thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. thank you, Dave. Yes, you're welcome. I have all the <laughs> notes. I thought this had really deep lyrics for such a happy sounding song. True. But once I read more into that, it was a really 
It's it's a sad song. It's a sad song. When you, yeah. yeah, when you listen to what it's talking about, yeah, how these people coming back from Vietnam were treated, and, and there were just, different different takes on that too. Because I think the my synopsis was it was about from what I read here, the song is about the thoughts of serving Vietnam soldiers and veterans in the midst of the war. Mm-hmm. Some people thought it was like after they came back, but I think it's a little ambiguous about. I mean, it's yeah. it's dealing with that that subject matter for mm-hmm. sure. Right. Because they were not treated very well. And this is mm-hmm. kind of a reflection on that. But I thought, I mean, it's a cool song. And I, I love that it does take a little more serious tone. Mm-hmm. Musically? Do you guys like it? I do. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I think it rocks. It's a good rock and roll song. Yeah. Uh, right after that now is Finally Found a Home. Another great tune. Another good song. I the intro to this with the the acoustic guitar, yeah, it reminded me of Dokken. You have to go it's, back and listen to yeah, it. Yeah, I will. Just that, 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 that acoustic and then the, yeah. I, it's good. I, yeah. It I, is. I didn't think of Dokken, but I, again, it's kind of a classic rock and roll mm-hmm. sound. Um, you know, it's not the doo wop stuff, not the top 40-ish. And I really like it too. But it's a, I mean, it's not more serious, but it's, I mean... To me, it was a cool song about finding your home on stage, playing and singing music, and yeah, you know, it, it was, finding your place in, it was in life. Singing about himself, it's very yeah, autobiographical. This is, yeah. yeah, this is like ah, this is where I want to be. I feel good. This is this is great. Yeah, no matter what people were telling me or they, what they thought I should be, yeah. what his what his parents were telling him yeah. in real life, and you know, I think he went away to somewhere out east. I think it was for school for a year, yeah. and dropped out, and just wanted to be. In the music scene. Well, now that you brought that up, let's tangent about that. Cause I don't, I don't think I made a note about that, but I remember reading he was over in England somewhere, but he was also, I thought in like Madrid for a while busking and stuff. Yeah. I mean, he made his way all over the place, mm. not knowing where his next meal was going to come his, from sometimes. His, his right? dad told him after graduate, he said, before you go to college, you need to go live, you know, wherever he went for a year. I know it was Just England for a while. Go out there and yeah. travel around and do your thing, and that's what he did. That's really he made really money hon- playing harmonica and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, kind of honed his craft, right? Yeah. Wow. So he came back from that probably pretty experienced and knowing a direction mm-hmm. of where he wanted to go, and then Clover, and, and then, then hooking and then up with the rest of the band. Clover bandmates. broke up. That's kind of when he hooked up with basically his buddies, and that's how. He put the band together. Well, weren't a couple of them from Clover? A couple were, yeah. Okay. But the rest of them, I mean, they weren't trying to make anything big. They were just playing in this club consistently, and they threw a band together that with guys that he really liked, and that was how the band got together. Didn't I hear somewhere that a maybe manager or studio person wanted to fire their drummer? Yeah. And Huey said, in fact, to the point where it was bordering on ruining a record deal. Yeah. He said, no, forget it. We're going to stick together. Yeah. And I can't remember when that was, but maybe he was one of the two from Clover for all I know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, But he was true to his buddies and it eventually worked out for him. I wonder what they didn't like about him. Maybe because he's a fine drummer. Yeah. I I can't remember. It's not like, well, he's not like maybe a standout drummer, but I mean, I don't know why you'd say as long as you can carry a beat sound good. Yeah. Record execs always think they know better. He wore glasses. Maybe that was it. (laughs) 
it's fine. Yeah, oh, there you look a lot better now, Lance. <laughs> Take his glasses You're not going to be able to see your notes, though. <laughs> right. No. All right, moving on to track number three on side two, If This Is It. So this was my first big introduction to the band that I can remember. Yeah. Through the video, which is completely awesome. Oh, And by man. the way, tangent, throwback to our last um, uh, Remember When, Varney sunglasses yes. everywhere in this video. Yeah. Oh, really? Everywhere. Yes. We, you know, this was filmed in Santa Cruz, and my church had, uh, during the summer, a thing called midweek specials, which were on Thursdays, and we'd always go someplace as a youth group. And this one time, we went to Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk, which is where the video was filmed, and we were there like a day or two after the video was filmed. So when, as we're at the park, I mean, everybody's talking about this video that just took place. I'm sure it was a pretty big production. Oh, they were yeah. down there. I mean, they were there all day Yeah, with that. So yeah, that was pretty, pretty big deal at the time. And, and, you know, all these videos, you know, filmed, you know, on San Francisco Bay and all this, and that's, you know, my backyard. I was there all the time. So it was like, I recognize all these places. I've been to these places. Yeah. It, was, it was really cool. That's so cool. San Francisco just produced a ton of music yeah. back then. Yeah. It was kind of the hot spot. Right. It's a good hub for that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, great. That video is just so fun. I remember in the part where they're buried in the sand with their yes. heads flopping back. I heard they just got fried <laughs> because, you know, it probably took, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour to shoot that yeah. scene. And they're just sitting there buried in the sand, frying away. Up to their necks. <laughs> yeah, and I, necks. I always wonder, like, how far down did they go? Right. Is it just like, I mean, they had to go pretty deep because it looks like they're sticking straight up and down. Yeah. But man, yeah, I was thinking about that watching, rewatching the video not too long ago about they just look like they're sweating. Yeah. They're just in blazing oh, sun. And Huey's behind them, you know, and how many times did they do that? Yeah, Probably. right. <laughs> to get all the shots they needed. Yeah. I, I believe that they were fried. But what a fun video. It's that just, is such a cool so video. so good. It is a really good just story front to back. Yeah. And again, uh, that another throwback to the girl who gets with uh, Huey at the end of that one. She was the main female lead in the Scorpions video for mm -hmm. No One Like That's You. Right. Also mm -hmm. filmed in San Francisco. And she was in the, um, what was the previous video? Huey Lewis. She was also in that one. Um, uh, want a new drug? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, Heart, Heart and Soul. soul. Heart and Soul. Was, oh, she yeah. Was also in that one. Yep. You know, when you said Santa Cruz, I immediately thought of Santa Cruz skateboards. Yeah. Remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah they were definitely. Like one of the hottest skateboards around. Yep. Well, I mean, jumping ahead to Huey Lewis with The Power of Love, which was shortly after this, which was their biggest song ever, number yeah. one. But uh, Back to the Future, that got me into skateboards. Yeah. After watching that, I went yeah. out and bought a skateboard. Did you wish it was a hoverboard? Oh, it wasn't oh, yeah. a hoverboard at that time. It was the next step. That was episode, that was Back to the Future 2 yeah. when they had hoverboards. That's right. right. Yeah. So, But yeah, totally inspired to get a skateboard. What year was that? What was what? You said the Back year to the future. Yeah. 85. Mm -hmm. 85. Okay. Yeah. Didn't get into skateboarding until college. Yeah. And and the band is in back to the future, right? They're like a house band in Huey Lewis is in there. Yeah. Just Huey. Huey. He's, okay. a, yeah. he's a critic. He's kind of running the, whatever the talent show or he's one of the uh, judges, I think for the auditions. Audition yeah, he's the judge oh, for the okay. auditions. Yeah. And he says, uh, the music's too loud. 
<laughs> I'm afraid you're just too darn loud. Yep. <laughs> he he's all kind of greased up. Yep. It's it's a good cameo by him. Yep. Uh, that was the, that if I didn't mention it, it's the fourth single, by the way. Yeah. If this is it, B side of uh, Change of Heart from Picture This Album. This whole album is just a great summer album. It just yeah. The, this song, if this is it, is probably the most mass appealing song on the album mm-hmm. too. I mean, I I think it's cross generational. Um, I, I would say this is one of those two that it's so top 40 you could probably have somebody like rod stewart singing it and mm-hmm. it would still be a great song it's just a really really good um top 40 tune yeah and love it's, it it's, it's not real sappy it's, it's no it's good, got it's got a good tone yeah yeah good tone to the the love story right and cool effects in the uh well effects good shots in this video too when uh no, no, I'm tired. So I'm thinking of, I wanted to say this, I want a new drug. Oh, when yeah. he dunks his face into the icy oh, cold water. Oh, yeah. And you're looking wow. at it from the bottom of the sink. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a cool shot. Oh, yeah. flashback. Like, how'd they do that? Yeah, I forgot really to mention that. Actually have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we can't fake this. All right, moving on to You Crack Me Up. So I've read that this was based on various people in the band having encounters in the parking lot of Uncle Charlie is a bar the band had frequently played and performed at before they achieved the mainstream success. Mm-hmm. So conversations with that, you can kind of hear that a little bit. Yeah. I think when, with some of the things they're talking about. This song is kind of a little new wavy, I think. Yeah, it has a really heavy sequence bass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, like almost too much. And the, and the guitars are, they're different in this song. Again, it's you know looking for the formula. Yeah, it's not a bad song, but it's probably one of my least favorites. It's it's a bit repetitive and silly. It sounds it sounds like it was kind of one that the band just thought oh, this would be a fun song to do. Yeah, you know, it, not was, not uh, we're not going to push this as a single. It's just a personal song, and yeah. we're going to have fun and we're going to throw it on. I was kind of back and forth on this one for the longest time and I listened to it again, even on the way over here. And I'm like, yeah, it's not, it's probably my bottom too. Yep. It's like almost a throwaway song. Yeah. You could have exactly. substituted anything else on this album. It probably would have been fine. Bottom three for me. Bottom three. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the last one here. Honky Tonk Blues. Is this your bottom? This is my this, bottom. This is, this is my bottom too. This is my bottom too. This I, is, he had no business doing a Hank Williams tune. <laughs> but if you listen to Clover, go back in whatever your music service yeah. is and listen to Clover, this would be a Clover-esque song. Really? Yeah. They kind of did some of this stuff there. But I mean, a Hank Williams cover, I mean, it's been covered by a zillion people. I don't know why they put that on it it departs so much from the rest of the album i mean they can do it 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 sounds good it just does not fit on the album in as far as a cover of that hank williams tune it's one of the few because i thought well hank williams wow went and listened to a few others and there's not a lot of them that are as rocking as this i mean more of them stay true to the country it's a full full band yeah song yeah but it's, I, I think they could have probably come up with another uh, original right. that probably would have been a little better w- than this. Or a different cover. It just yeah. it departs too yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it just is such, it's so, so shocking. You're like, Oof, what? what? Right. We're yeah. doing this. We just did a 50s doo-wop song, like three or four songs earlier. Now we're just going country. Yeah. 
And there's nothing wrong with the song, but it's, yeah, it's not my fave. Yep. I think we all, wow, we all three agree on this yeah. one. Well, last song in the album too, so it's good that they snuck it in on the end. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, uh, anything else you want to talk about? I have a summary quote here for you from uh, Huey, if not. Let's hear it. Um, despite their phenomenal success, or maybe lack of it, the band took some heat for making songs that some critics labeled uninspiring. So Lewis addressed that criticism in a 1987 interview with the San Francisco Chronicle saying, nowhere is it written that rock and roll has to be political or change the world. One thing rock and roll has to be is true. And if it rings true, it's right. Go Huey. Go Huey. I agree. I mean, they're, they're being true to who they are. Yeah. Right. They didn't vary their formula much at all throughout their career. They were a little mellower on the previous two albums well actually the first one's not very mellow that one's really new wavy yeah it is yeah they're trying to find their sound there yeah and once they did but, they capitalized on it there's no shame in that i right. mean they weren't like selling out they just knew the formula and like hey full speed ahead on that the the next album four was kind of the formula that they followed on this one is that with jacob's ladder yeah yeah that's a good tune yeah and so they're kind of similar that way and then by their next album uh perfect world they just said, we're just going to do what we want to do. And so it's, you know, when you start saying stuff like that, then the album's not going to sell well. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. But they didn't care. They're they like, had enough. You know, we're going to do what we want to do. And people like it great if they don't. Whereas for a sports album, they were trying to get out there. Totally. And I really respect the fact that they produced it themselves. Mm-hmm. Again, staying true to who they are. And good for them that it hit big. I mean, there's, I don't know where it ended up. What, what? Oh yeah, I do. It was second, second biggest selling album of the year behind probably so Michael Jackson. Everyone behind. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people hate Michael Jackson. That, that Get out year. of my way. Yeah. This I remember reading too. That this was the third record in their record deal. This was the do or die album. Mm-hmm. So they knew they had to produce mm-hmm. and make some money on this if they were going to continue to be making records. And funny that was mm-hmm. uninspired yet and inspired, you know, up to 10 million people to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Tell me what's not uninspired. Yeah. All right, guys, it is time to give our personal rating of the album from zero to 10. Where do you guys stand on this one? Brian looks very confident. Like he prepared this time. I thought about you it. You thought about it this time. I, I, I was looking for my little surprise. Ooh. I worked hard on preparing for this too. Oh, super I'll tell you fun, my formula. Super fun album. I love this album. I listen to it a lot, um, especially in the summer. Like I said, it's a great summer album. I'm giving it a solid nine. Wow, that's your best rating ever. I no, think. I've given tens. Have you? He's given a ten. Yeah. Okay. But this, I was know, paying attention. If uh, if Honky Tonk Blues wasn't on there and they had something else that was better, I would I would have bumped that up. So that that one's holding me off of. Uh, a better score. Lance, where do you stand? You want to go first? Do I want to go first? Yeah. Okay. I've never gone last. Oh, oh you wanna, that's no. that's fine. I've been kind of like him and Han about this for like the last couple of weeks. So we knew we were doing this for a while. And I'm like, oh, this is such a great album. And then I go back to those other, you know, lesser known tracks. And I'm like, ah, oh, man. You're kind of going so you never you never owned this album i of course i didn't own it let's (laughs) let's go into the presumption now for everyone listening that i do not own the album until i tell you i did own this album because 
I, I own more stuff going into the nineties and beyond yep. than before that a lot, mm-hmm. unless they went back and bought it. I don't know a lot of Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd, that kind of stuff. Um, so I am at an 8.5. Ooh, that's a good, that's rating. really good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I do love the majority of the album and, and those songs are just fantastic. Yeah. I could listen to those anytime. Yeah. Anytime. But the other one's kind of like, kept, you know, kind of hang me up on giving it a higher score like Brian. Yeah. Those, right, la- those last two. But yep. yeah. I had a hard time figuring out where I was at on this album. So I actually rated every song. Wow. Totaled yeah. them and divided them by nine. Oh wow, you were very thorough. I I had to. Um, That's a really good system, by the way. You should adopt that. Might do that more often. Yeah, but usually, I know where I'm at with an album. This one, and I will say, I've owned this twice actually. Because <laughs> you sold <laughs> maybe, it, maybe maybe three times. I had the CD back in the day. I had the album when it came out, but I sold them. Right. I should have never sold my albums, but I did. Um. And just within the last year, I bought it again. But I'm not going to rate it super high. It's just lo- funny. It, it's weird. I, I get you it. keep but, buying it, but it's yeah. not that good. Um, what kind of a sports fan are you? Yeah. I Like like I was saying, the first two tunes on side two are awesome. I give them nines. But then I've got someone here that are like fours and fives. Like, like the... Um, Honky Tonk Blues. Honky Tonk Blues. Bad is bad. I'm not into that tune. Oh, man. So here's where it came down. Okay. I I was, it wasn't a perfect, you know, six, seven, eight, because it was a- Hey, decimals divisible, are okay. Divisible by nine. So I was a little better than 6.7, so I'm going to go to a seven. Okay. Um, it's it's a great album, I, but I just- I can't put it up there with some of my best because uh, if I do, it, it doesn't stack up to like a Boston for me or damn the torpedoes. I thought it was just a travesty when I heard 10 million sold. And what did we say damn the torpedoes was? Like 3, three million? Yeah. It's like, oh man, I life isn't fair, Tom. But, <laughs> no. But, but Tom had probably more of a sustained he, career than he did just was. fine. Yeah. yeah. So, yep, I'm going to go with the seven. It's it's a good album, but I'm not going to say upper echelon. I was just, we didn't talk about uh, Huey losing his hearing. Oh, yeah. And Which I is just, more of a recent thing, right? Yeah. And I was talking to my daughter, Laura, and she, when she was a freshman in college, she was kind of going through the same hearing things that Huey was going through. And she remembers going to a track meet and on the radio, they were talking about Huey losing his hearing and all this. And she was going through that and it inspired her to listen to Huey Lewis and the news. So she kind of got into him at the time. And I Want a New Drug was her just like favorite song. Mm. But uh, yeah, so she kind of got inspired by Huey because she could kind of associate with him. And, and, he, and he cannot perform any longer. Right. Because he can't, he can't hear, hear well enough he can't to hear sing. um the the music basically he can't hear the melody mm-hmm. um it's just i think i don't want to say monotone but he said i, I can't hear how the song progresses and right but it, it uh prohibits him from singing yeah 
really sad. Yeah. Was was that back in like 2016, I think? Yeah, sounds about right. Okay. Because, I mean, if anybody has a voice that could carry on, it's oh, Huey Lewis. He totally yeah. could. He doesn't have, you know, the Steve Perry way up mm-hmm. there stuff. He, he's got that bluesy, soulful voice that could have kept singing. But, you know, when you don't know what you're singing, it makes it a little difficult. Did you, did you ever see him live? I didn't. No, I, I didn't you? either. No, I wish no, I would have. I wish I would have, too. Yeah, I wish I had a chance. I bet they were really good live. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe even, did they ever do a live album? No, but they did there on the 30th anniversary of the sports album. There's a lot of live songs. Actually, every yeah. every song in the album they have a live version of it. They in 2013 they embarked on a 30th anniversary tour where they performed the album in its entirety, as well as other songs. And the but, and the songs yeah. that they put on the anniversary and they were from different years. I mean, they could have been on the sports tour, could have been on the four tour, different tours. But mm-hmm. yeah, so it was a mix of. Uh, you know, number of years, but yeah, they had every song they performed. I watched a little interview where they were interviewing uh, Huey Lewis and talking about the album and his other albums as well. But I'll end it, our little segment here before we get into the remember when with this. He was asking 2020 to describe the album in three words, and he said, "Got it right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Okay, it's time for Remember When. This is a segment where I ask Brian and Lance their thoughts about something we grew up with but may no longer be around today. Today's item, gentlemen, breakfast cereals with actual prizes in them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you remember dumping out into your bowl? A lot of tattoos. Yes. Oh, I didn't note that one, but yeah, tons. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't note that. Wow, specifically? I'm, I'll give you yeah, some... I'll, I remember um, the, you know, the Frankenberries, Boo Berries, um, who was the wolf guy? Fruity, Fruit, Fruit Brute. Fruit Brute. I remember Fruit Brute came with uh, glow-in-the-dark light switch covers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That I remember the glow-in-the-dark stuff. Yeah. So I remember those. Was it of Fruit Brute? Yeah. It was oh, it was. Fruit Brute, yeah. Like a scary little uh, wolf. Yeah. I remember having under. that in our bedroom. Cool. I don't remember anything inside. This is going to sound really weird to you guys because I'm a little older than yeah, you. Yeah, maybe. May not sound weird is what I mean. I remember on the backs of cereal boxes, and this plays right into what we're talking about, they had records. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember those. Yeah. And I remember cutting them out and trying to play them. They sounded like crap. Oh, yeah. Of course, they're terrible. Which, what shape was the record? Square, Square, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and the one I remember goes back to might have been like the first record I ever played. There's a guy named Bobby Sherman. You ever heard nope, of Bobby Sherman? No. He was a sixties, early seventies. He had a TV show. Um and just kind of a I don't even know if he had any original stuff or if he just did covers, but I remember getting a Bobby Sherman record off the back. And I think the Archies were probably on mm. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Some some of the cereal boxes. So that's what I really remember. The the little things like maybe erasers or something like that. I have no idea. Yeah, I can't remember too much inside, but I do remember, yeah. you know, my really younger years, they actually had the prizes in the cereal bag. Yes. Later on they start putting it between the box Correct. and the, yeah. and the bag. Yes. 
Cause I remember, you know, you're, you got that thing open wide, like a circling, you're shaking it around, trying to find yeah. digging your hand <laughs> yes. in there. And stuff. which is probably why they decided let's put it on the outside. So people I, don't have to put their hands in the cereal. I think they got enough complaints from parents. Probably. And they said, okay, these are ridiculous. You need to stop putting them in the cereal because that's exactly, well, let me back up. When we would go to the grocery store, I know you and I, Brian, we grew up with like sugar cereal, having oh, yeah. sugar cereal a lot. Oh. And that's primarily, I, I did think too. Where, yeah. Oh, you did. I thought you said you, you were envious of the people who got it because yeah. you were eaten. We, we talked about yeah. this on a previous episode where you oh, were that, yeah, I was probably embellishing things or something. Okay. Not me. I had, well, this we, is we how had, we, we had stuff like buckwheats and grape nuts. Right. But, at, and Cheerios. It's like, can you get the frosted, please? Um, but we had, I think it was sugar smacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then back to the, yeah, we had Rice Krispies. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of sugar cereal, but yeah. when we did, oh boy, I liked it. Yeah. So that was how my brother and I picked out. We each got to pick out a box of cereal. Mm -hmm. We picked it out according to the prize we were going to get. Yeah. Not because of, I well, mean, they were good too, but it was all sugar anyway. So it was like sugar smacks. Sugar good. What sugar smacks got? What's Frosted Flakes have? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're looking at the, the prize inside True. to pick your cereal. And as soon as we got it home, <laughs> It's yep. open. Yep. And some, I think we got we got to the point where my mom would just say, pour it out in a bowl to get your prize, <laughs> and then you pour it back, back in, in so you can eat it. Did you ever blow out the cereal bag so bad that you couldn't get it back in? It just goes back uh, in never, the box. Or that's did, right. Or did your mom just take in a the box? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, some of the things that I, I kind of remember that I noted, some iron-ons. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, square records, zip toys. You remember getting little zip yeah, toys? Yeah. Plastic little mm -hmm. serrated type of thing. You'd stick like in one side. Or yeah. Tops. Um, like the STP racers. Remember those things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And but the, there was they, a cheaper version. They would do like a little flying ring. The zip thing too would do a little yes. flying ring. Like spin around like a little, Ooh, yeah, yeah, kind of a fan shape and then you'd zip it up there. Good anyway. memory. Breakfast cereals. Actual prizes in them. Yeah. Now you have to send in, anymore. you have to buy or send in some code or scan a QR code. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Probably easier on parents now though. I do remember in the mm, later eighties where you could pick a, a cassette single and Ooh. you had to send away for it. Hmm. Like with a certain number of box tops? No, you just had, it was just like a coupon. Oh really? You take this and you send it in and then that was your prize. You and they'd send you a cassette. Yeah. Wow. Just rando cassette. I remember RTZ. Oh, Return Ooh. to Zero. Return to Zero. Yeah. Brad Delp, Boston. Yeah. Band he was in. That's the way they promoted. I have that yeah. album. We're so probably not going to review it though. No. But anyway, I remember that, and I remember it never coming. Never coming. <laughs> we got some fans. Oh, fan. We got some fans out there yeah. waving at us. Fan. Yeah. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> Big Don. <laughs> Hope he listens. Yeah. Getting we'll a mention. See. Give him a shout out. <laughs> I'm going to have to go home and have a bowl of cereal. You are. Yes. I might have to. That you know sounds what? Sounds really there good. There are some nights and Oh, yeah. I'll have a bowl of cereal. It's been a while. A, Usually a Sunday night nights for me. Cereal, yeah. Your Sunday night. All right. Evening cereal, sugar cereal? No, not necessarily. Oh, okay. It's it's a little more frequent now that the kids aren't home anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you feel like cooking. You, you know, still buy have, it. They don't eat it. But now it's all yours. You don't have to hide well, the good too. cereal. Yeah. I used to do that. I used to have my good cereal I put in the top cabinet so the kids wouldn't get it. And then I'd eat it at night. <laughs> <laughs> they probably knew it was up there, but they couldn't touch it. 
Well, did you guys ever get the variety packs? Yes. Oh, yeah. but why did they throw in like cornflakes or Rice Krispies? It's like, no, you want all the sugar ones. That's for your mom. They, dumb they, ones. Here, mom. Brand. Here, dad. <laughs> you can have this one. Hey, it's okay. Hey, don't be dumping on a raisin band. That was my favorite one out of there. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I love it. raisin brand. You could get that yeah. anytime. It's no, like, no, no. You want the sugar cereal. It had sugar on the raisins. Yeah. It was good. Raisins really? were sweet. Mm, I'm going to yeah. arm wrestle you over that. Yeah, fine. I had raisins and grape nuts. Yeah, come <laughs> on. Grape nuts. That's cat food. Dude. Then I'd get like no. six teaspoons full of sugar that I'd pour Jeez. all over it. I used to do I, that on Cheerios. Yeah. I had grape nuts one time in my life. And I would never go back to that. It was yeah. like eating just a bowl of straight <laughs> nuts that I, my jaw hurt after half uh, the bowl. I didn't mind them. Yeah. Oof. I probably had them one time too. No, never yeah. again. My grandpa ate them. So my grandpa was one of my favorite guys. So real quick story about the, the variety pack. My memory of the variety pack would, when we visited my grandma and grandpa, they, that's what mm. they would buy. So we would have like a, variety pack so that made it even more special i'm sure my grandma was like well i'm not buying like whole boxes of right. cereal so mm -hmm. she'd just buy the variety pack and we'd go down and probably get a couple bags or a couple boxes because yeah, they weren't very were big. tiny yeah yeah was there enough in, or did you go for two we probably we went for two two yeah. all the time yeah every time two we always had ours when we went camping we yeah we did that too long. yep it was a good camping thing because yeah. yeah. you don't have to bring a whole box and I remember being in grade school, some, some guy brought a box of that and, and those boxes are made to open them up and use as a bowl. Yeah. I learned that much later. And he would Say do that. What? Then, yeah, yeah. You open it up and then you do you that. Open, but, you could kind of open it sideways yeah. on, on its side. Yep. And then the, you know, you get milk at school. And so the guy's eating that. And I saw that. I was like, whoa, I have never seen that before. That's brilliant. Yeah. I'm not going to try that at home. I wouldn't. Yeah. Especially with the big box. Mm. Yeah, that, that variety pack probably cost you 20 bucks now. Probably. <laughs> All right, guys, that will do it for today. In our next episode, we'll be diving into the 1981 Billy Squire album, Don't Say No. I won't. I'll yeah. say yes. Yes to Billy Squire. Yes. Go start listening to it now, fans. Fan. <laughs> if you missed our previous episode, we talked about the top 10 TV theme songs from the 70s and 80s, according to Rolling Stone. And we also covered our own top three TV theme songs. That was an awesome episode. Good stuff. Come and knock on our door. That's right. Three's company. We didn't you. get into that one, did no. we? That's it was a, a bit one. agonizing, I think, coming up with our own top I three know. list. But yeah. We're going to do another one of those, right? I remember not knowing what rendezvous meant. Yeah. Like, well, I got a story. That? I did because we grew up with a fur rendezvous celebration in Anchorage. Oh. And that was a big get together. Really? So, yeah, I knew what a rendezvous meant. Okay. Yeah. It's French. It's called French. Well, folks, if you are still enjoying these podcasts, and we know you are because, boy, our last one, that was a hit, folks. Yeah, keep listening. Share. Yes. So will you please do us a favor and uh, share an episode link with a friend and help spread the word about our excellent podcast? In addition, please let us know what albums or topics or whatever you want us to talk about. Let us know. Shoot us an email. Call us. Whatever you want to do, we're here to listen. 
Can you give us a number that they could call Lance? Or an email. Oh, I think I got your cell number. We'll just Wait. post it on the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to post Lance's email on the show notes. Call Dave. Yeah. Any comments go straight to Lance. That's right. Well, we had a caller. Didn't we have a caller last time? <laughs> <That's> right. Somehow. <laughs> if you can figure out our phone number, give us a call. All right. Yeah, and if you have a minute, uh, give us a review of the show. The more star- stars, the better. Five is probably the most you could give, so just give five. All the time. Five. It's like, High five. Yeah. It'd be High great. Five. Yeah. Uh, listen to this. Listen to our previous episodes. We're getting to have quite a few episodes out there, so you can pick and choose now. Um, lots of hours. Lots of stuff out there. But you can listen to them over and over again, too. Yeah, yeah please do. Your favorite, tell us, your tell favorite us ones. what you like, what you don't like, uh, what we should do, like Lance said. Uh, you can follow us and leave comments on Instagram and Facebook at When Records Ruled, where you can see all sorts of fun stuff, albums, pictures of us, and lots of goodies. So check it out. And remember, we're not professional music critics. We're just three guys who like talking music. That is correct, sir. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Yeah. (laughs)